Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. So death with dignity and aid in dying are not assisted suicide. And as the public and policymakers discuss end-of-life options, it's critical to describe accurately the medical option of terminally ill people self-administering prescribed medication to shorten a dying process they find unbearable. Aid in dying is the most neutral term to describe what advocates call death with dignity and opponents call assisted suicide. It's wrong to equate suicide, which about 30,000 Americans suffering from mental illness tragically resort to each year, with the death with dignity option utilized by only 160 terminally ill but mentally competent patients in Oregon and Washington last year. Here with us to talk about death with dignity is Tony Brodus. Tony is the California Campaign Director for Compassion and Choices, the leading nonprofit organization committed to helping everyone have the best possible death. Tony, welcome to Nurse Talk, and thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me on Nurse Talk. I'm happy to be here. So first, tell us a little bit about Compassion and Choices, Tony. Compassion and Choices is a national organization that works in states across the country uh, to support people around end-of-life choices. So we do a lot of work on uh, helping people prepare advanced directives, helping people understand how to refuse unwanted medical care, and, of course, our work around death with dignity, which is trying to make sure that folks who are dying, who have terminal illnesses, have the option of medical aid in dying, if it makes sense for them, typically if they're facing a really difficult and painful death, um, uh, they have the oper- they have the option to to choose to have more control over the time and manner of their death. So that's a that's a key issue for compassion and choices. But again, we work on all sorts of end of life issues. Yeah. So talk about the distinction between death with dignity and assisted suicide, and why it's so important to know the difference. That's a great question. Um, a lot of folks think of uh, uh, death with dignity as assisted suicide, but we see it very differently. Suicide is typically someone who is healthy and um, has and is expected to live who takes their own life. And um, aid, aid, medical aid in dying or death with dignity is a medical option that should be available to folks who are already dying. So folks for whom death with dignity is an option are terminally ill, mentally competent adults who talk with their doctor and request medication to help help them have some control over the time and manner of their death. So in other words, folks who use death with dignity or medical aid in dying are all are terminally ill and they are going to die from their disease. They, most of them don't want to die but uh, that's, that's not an option for them. So the options they have at the end of life are really about how they die, which is a very different scenario from someone who chooses to end a healthy life. I, I hear the difference. It's, a, it's an important distinction. So, Tony, why do you think everybody is so afraid of this, or most people are so afraid of this? Well, I think there are several things. People, death is something we don't like to talk about in our uh uh, most Americans just don't like to talk about dying, like to think that oh, I'll worry about that, you know, when I hit my 90s and and I don't, uh, you know, I want to focus on living. I don't want to think about dying. So I think just the conversation about death, number one, is very difficult. And then most folks um, feel 
it's really important when you when you are diagnosed with a uh, a disease that could be terminal. Most folks really want to fight that and and want to um, live as long as they can um, and have have a good quality of life. So I think there's a sense that death with dig- for some people there's a sense that death with dignity is giving up. I would say for folks who choose death with dignity, it's not about giving up. It's about accepting the fact that you are going to die. And um, at some point, there's not anything you can do to keep that from happening, but you can do something um, to make it uh, make it a more comfortable and less painful death and easier not only on yourself, but also your family. So I think it's just hard. Losing people we love is very hard. We don't want to let them go. And so that makes it more difficult to accept that um, they might that a person who's dying might want to make that decision to go sooner rather than suffer longer. And how many states have adopted laws that legalize aid in dying, and do you think more are going to follow? I hope so. I definitely think that we're going to see an increase in states who allow uh, the medical practice of aid in dying. Currently, there are five states where that's possible. We have Oregon and Washington. Oregon, of course, being the first um, that passed a law through the ballot 20 years ago, which went into effect 17 years ago. And we also have Washington State also passed through ballot measure. Uh, Vermont is the only state where we have so far passed it through the legislature. So there is a, leg- there is a statute that the legislature passed for aid and dying. And we have two states where there are court decisions, Montana and New Mexico, um, a little bit different court decisions, but both saying that uh, people have the right to uh, to choose the medical practice of aid and dying so they can die with dignity. So five states total at the moment. And, of course, we're working in several other states to try to change state policy and state laws uh, around the country. So very important. And, of course, Vermont would be the, the one state that has it the most together, of course. So, Tony, your organization, Compassion and Choices, po- points out that in order to change the perception, we're going to have to change our word choices when we speak about aid in dying, which doesn't sound as palatable as death with dignity. Can you speak about that? Well, our goal at Compassion and Choices is really to help people face the end of their lives with dignity and to die in a manner that they feel is dignified. And for, for many people, um, so for example, palliative care is an option that it works for many people, but not all people. Um, and so I think um, talking about the issue is really, uh, because death is difficult, focusing on the dignity that people want at the end of life is really important and helps people understand what we're doing, uh, we're 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 not we're trying to make sure there are options of all kinds available for people who are dying, and death with dignity is just one of those. It's not for everyone, but it is an option that does allow people to keep their dignity at the end of life, um, and that and medical assistance is 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 a way that they have that option and they have that that choice. So I think it's really important to remember that dignity is is the goal here. Um, I I so agree with you, Tony. And the the point I just in my profession, I, of course, I'm a nurse and I happen to work in long term care at, at this moment in time. And I don't see this option being given to people. That's my real upset about it. I see people who have terminal illnesses pretty much every day. 
And that option is not given to them. Death with dignity or even a conversation about palliative care. Pretty much our medical system seems to point people always in the direction of treatment, even when treatment is futile. And I still don't see yeah. today people giving, being given the choice. Okay, here's the efficacy of what we're proposing, treatment, and there's another option called death with dignity. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and this is why it's so important for us to change the law, because right now, doctors can be prosecuted if they, um, if they help people um, um, with, with medication that could, um, could advance the time of their death or give them some control over the manner and the time of their death. So doctors are not willing to talk about something that could land them in jail, and we have seen people, family members, for example, who try to help honor the wishes of, the, of their dying loved one. We have seen them prosecuted mm. uh, as well. So I think that's, the, that's probably the number one reason that's not an option that people are provided. But even beyond that, we have to work on laws that actually promote the conversation at the end of life. And that's what we're, we're looking to do a, across the country, because for some folks, just refusing medical treatment is not even an option that mm-hmm. they understand that they have. Mm-hmm. And for, for a lot of folks, they, um, um, you come to a point where we're no longer prolonging their lives, but instead we're prolonging their deaths mm-hmm. because they are actively dying. And Good that point. is, that is something that we really promote more conversations, um, for between patients and their, and their doctors and family members, we think that it's very important for people to understand, especially before they get to that point, what their options are. And we have, we have worked on laws in many states to, um, to improve a patient's right to know at the end of life what their options are. Um, I would also point out that in Oregon, where we have seen a death with dignity law in effect for 17 years, it has worked exactly as intended. And even beyond that, in Oregon, we have seen an increase in use of other options at the end of life, such as palliative care, hospice, other options that are available for people, because the death with dignity law um, made it possible for these conversations to happen between people and their doctors and their family members. And that is really an important thing. It's just that conversation is critical and it's not always happening. You're right. Okay, so walk us through this process then. When someone calls you and says they're interested in, their ser- in your services, what happens next? Well, for, so we have um, trained professionals, social workers, nurses. We have a medical director. Um, so if, if a family member or a person who's dying calls our organization, they, ought, they don't get sent to me. I'm the political person. I'm trying to change the law. They get sent to people who actually have training around these issues and have um, worked with people in a variety of states. So they do understand the law laws where people are, but they can talk to people about their specific situation and about their specific options, depending on where they are. Um, for, for every state, people do have the right to voluntarily stop eating and drinking. And that is currently the only legal way in um, 45 states, uh, aside from the five that have death with dignity, um, to 
have some control over the time and manner of your death. So that's which, one option we can talk to everyone about. Again, which, which is really sad, Tony, that, that we have to go just to that place because that's a very hard place to, to be in, to withhold uh, food and water um, in order to, to have your wishes known. How do you think we can change the medical profession? Because to me, there, there's the public that, of course, we want to educate. But really, I'm in the medical profession, and it's painful to be in the medical profession around this issue. How can we change a medical professional's attitude about this issue? Well, I think it's like many other issues. The people have to lead, and then uh, the the doctors will follow. Um, We are seeing more and more doctors and nurses speak out on behalf of this option that we know patients want. So that's a really positive uh, development. We're seeing that in California in particular, and we're, we're creating um, a national coalition of Doctors for Dignity because we think until doctors in particular speak out, um, we, we have a medical profession that is somewhat um, entrenched and, and really focused on prolonging lives at all costs, and that's not what patients, and that's not what people actually want at the end of life. They want to have quality of life as long as they can. Um, and when it's time to go, they want to be able to go peacefully. So, Yeah, no, absolutely. That's perfect. So we, we've been talking with Tony Broadus. Tony's the California campaign director for Compassion and Choices, the leading nonprofit organization committed to helping everyone have the best death possible. To find out more about their work and services, visit, visit compassionandchoices.org. Uh, We really appreciate you being on. I think it's really important work. It's really great that we're starting to have this conversation in this country. And we thank you, Tony. We appreciate it.